Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and I am flying solo for this particular episode. Um, Aksha is unable to make it with me uh, this evening, here as I record on Thursday night, the 1st of December. Crazy, crazy, crazy to think that we're already December 1st, Um, and um, yeah, uh, big game coming up for the 49ers this weekend, uh, we talked about the the Saints game and how you know well that went for the Niners in a lot of cases, um, especially from a defensive point of view. Uh, and uh, now they have uh, their second of three straight home games uh, with the Miami Dolphins and former uh, offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel coming to town. Um, not only <laughs> Mike McDaniel, but former 49ers like Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, River Craycraft, uh, Trent Sherfield also. Uh, coming into town from the uh, from the Miami Dolphins offense, um, we'll talk about whether or not that means anything. It, it, it's it's already started to to be um, pretty, um, <clears throat> you know, testy <laughs> back and forth between the two teams. Um, Raheem Mostert didn't play last week. Um, did an interview. I'm not really sure when it was, and you know, we're just talking about his time in San Francisco versus his time in in Miami and. You know, the, these things happen, you know, like this is, this is kind of what happens. Like you, you, you compare situations to, to one another and, and it's, it's what happens. And he, uh, it would said a few things about, you know, having a quarterback who can sling it, which of course was taken as a slight on Garoppolo and da, 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 da. And Debo Samuel came back and fired back on with, with something and, you know, telling Mostert like, you know, he didn't know, <laughs> doesn't know what he was talking about. Didn't all getting started on things. Charles Amenehu was talking about, you know, like, 
you know, how dare you say things, but essentially I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, you know, how you, you know, open your mouth when, when we got a, a, when our defense is, is so good, like these sorts of things. So the, the thing, everything's already escalating, um, to what should be a very interesting matchup for a lot of reasons. One, because of the, the things that are going on behind the scenes with McDaniel versus Shanahan and former 49ers versus current 49ers and, and those sorts of things, but also just the fact of the matter is that these are two good teams who are both making noise and leading their divisions currently and uh, should have a chance to to, to, to get into the playoffs and, and make a run. So um, the Dolphins, a little bit of surprise that they're, that they're here, but they, you know, they have some quality pieces uh, across the board. Um, and we'll talk about <laughs> what those quality pieces are as we get into the, the things that we're worried about and, and that sort of thing. But um, I, I do want to, uh, to start as as we often do by looking at at injury situations for both teams, uh, the Dolphins have a pretty extensive list. If you look at their injury report on uh, their website, um, most notable of those players, uh, Taron Armstead, um, the starting uh, tackle, <clears throat> has yet to practice this week with a, a toe and a pectoral injury. It was actually said right after it happened last week that he was unlikely to play this week, but. It, it never really said that specifically. Um, he hasn't practiced yet this week, as I said. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. The other part of that is that Austin Jackson, another tackle, also hasn't practiced this week with a with a uh, with an ankle injury. So they could be down two uh, tackles. They um, <clears throat> have also have an injury from Robert Jones, who's an offensive guard, but he's been to full practice even with a back injury this week. And their their offensive line is is struggling in some cases and that's one of the things that we'll get into a, a little bit later when we talk about reasons to be uh sort of optimistic about it as uh, about this game as well but um other notable names on their on their pra- on their uh, injury list miles gaskins is a uh, running back he hasn't practiced with shoulder and ankle injury um limited practice from teddy bridgewater their backup quarterback it's not too big of a deal uh, Raquan Davis, the nose tackle, was on the injury list, limited on Wednesday, but full practice on Thursday. Uh, Raheem Mostert has been limited so far this week as well. He obviously didn't play last week, um, so that'll be something to note to see if he'll even get a chance to play against his former team. So it could be Jeff Wilson if Gaskins and, and Mostert are not able to go. Um, pretty much everybody who else who's on the list, uh, as Robert Jones, like I mentioned, um, cornerbacks, uh, Keelan Crossan and Cater Kahu. Um, and even uh, uh, tight end Tanner, Tanner Connor, which hmm, that's a lot of name. Uh, you don't have T- Tua Tagovailoa on the list with an angle, ankle uh, thing, but he's been in full practice all week, so it doesn't seem like that's going to be an issue. But uh, obviously uh, the people that are lined up in front of him and the skill position players are, are going to be a little limited, um, it seems. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if, if Armstead and, and, and Jackson are able to go and if Mostert's able to go. Um, not that they don't have quality players outside of those guys but especially if Armstead and Jackson aren't able to go that could be uh, limiting for them from a Niners point of view um, the obviously them being on the west coast uh, this uh, the injury uh, the practice report has been a little bit late in coming out but um, this according to uh, Matt Mayoko uh, from uh, Twitter just a couple just about half an hour or so ago um, Elijah Mitchell obviously not practicing he'll be out for six to eight weeks uh, they haven't put him on IR yet. There's some question about whether or not they will, um, only because if they put him on IR, that might be the end of his season, or it means that they won't be able to bring somebody else back like Javon Kinlaw or somebody uh, 
um, else who's on who's been on IR. So there's a chance that he may be on the injury report for the next six to eight weeks with a, with a with a DNP. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, Debo Samuel also not practicing. He's got a quadricep issue. Um, I, I I imagine it'll be um, he was limited yesterday, so I imagine there will be. Um, and it was raining in Santa Clara today, so I imagine that probably plays into it a little bit. It'll probably be a lot like last week. We'll be limited, but be probably good to go um, <laughs> moving into uh, the game on Sunday. Um, <clears throat> uh, limited practices from Christian McCaffrey, Charles Abenahu, Spencer Burford, and Eric Armstead. But the good news is all of them uh, have pretty much confirmed that they're gonna they expect to be ready to go on Sunday, which is good news, especially with McCaffrey and um, and Burford, who've been starters all year. Uh, since they've been here, I should say, <laughs> with McCaffrey. Um, and then getting a Menehu back, uh, or getting a Menehu, not losing a Menehu, I should say, in that defensive line depth, and then getting Armstead back, who's been gone for, for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, will be massive. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo also on the um, on the injury report, obviously, with that knee thing, but he seems to be good to go as well. He's had full practices all week as well. So, um, the Niners are in pretty good shape, um, save for like some players that they have on, on injured reserve, and obviously Mitchell... It's going to be a long-term miss, and with Jeff Wilson on the other side of the field, uh, <laughs> it will be interesting to see what they do with that particular group. McCaffrey obviously seems to be good to go. He mentioned today that he feels like he dodged a bullet and is in pretty good shape uh, moving forward at this point. But it leaves uh, uh, Jordan Mason, the rookie undrafted free agent, and it leaves Ty Davis Price, the rookie third-round pick, uh, as his main backups. Although Tevin Coleman is still on the practice squad, so I would I would anticipate an elevation. Although we'll see how that works, because if he's elevated, I'm not sure how that will how that will work with the with the roster situation. I, I, they'd have to release somebody, and I don't know what that's what what's going to happen with that. Um, we we shall see <laughs> what the what the situation will be in with with Tevin Coleman. I can't imagine. I really can't imagine that McCaffrey will be sort of like the main guy, and then they run out. Uh, J.P. Mason and Ty Davis Price, and that's it. Um, <clears throat> especially because um, J. Jordan Mason has been a key contributor on special teams as well, and the reason that Ty Davis Price has been inactive uh, uh, with a healthy scratch the last couple of weeks is he has not been a major contributor on special teams. So if you get yourself in a situation where you just have Mason and Davis Price as your backups, well, now you're in, now you're in trouble because if one of them gets hurt for whatever reason or something happens... Well, then what do you do? Like, if, if you go with Mason as your main backup, and he looked pretty good in his carries last week uh, in, you know, gen- garbage time for sure, but also a, a point at which they needed to ice the game, and he did well. Uh, and it's hard to say that he didn't do well. So um, it, it makes sense to give him the, the bulk of the carries if that is the plan. But I, could, I, I would also be very surprised if that's the case, because then what do you do with Tide of his price, who hasn't shown that he is a contributor on special teams? Maybe he has to show that this week. I don't know. But uh, watch out for for Coleman uh, for sure, and then as uh, as Akshaz and I said last week, we'll just tell him the Dolphins are the are the Panthers, and maybe he'll be all right. All right, um, so that's the the injury situation for both teams. Um, Niners looking pretty healthy heading into the game. Some question marks uh, for sure for the Dolphins. Obviously, they still have um, top notch offensive players <laughs> on that team. Uh, Tyree Kill is still there. Uh, Chase Edmonds is still a, a solid uh, running back. Uh, Jeff Wilson, obviously. Um, t- uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Um, they got they got some players um, on offense. Mike Jacecki, who's a, a good 
uh, tight end. Trent Sherfield has been, you know, pretty useful actually as a receiver. River Craycraft has gotten a bit of a, a, a run out there, but um, for the most part, they've been, you know, outside of Tyreek Hill and and Waddle, they've been pretty much a, a re- receptions and 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 carries by committee type of team so far this year. So we'll see how that goes. Um, they've not run the ball like super 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 effectively um as a team which is surprising considering um Mike McDaniel's forte with the 49ers was always like the run game coordinator as that was like where what he did uh with them for a really long time so it'll be really interesting to see what happens with that but we'll get into that uh throughout um the the breakdown of of the the teams um so let's uh, of course start with um as we often do reasons to to be optimistic about about this game and why the 49ers can win it um, this is a true strength, uh, uh, two game, uh, sorry, this is a true matchup of like areas of strength versus areas of weakness, especially on one particular side of the ball versus the other side of the ball. Um, but I, I think it's true as well that, um, the Niners find themselves in a pretty good space in terms of their offense. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Um, the, the, the Dolphins offense is, is pretty, pretty potent. Um, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and the Niners defense is, is, you know, probably the best or if not like top two in the league. Um, but it, it is interesting to know that from a lot of statistical, uh, standpoints, the Niners offense stands to stack up pretty well against the, uh, the defense of the Dolphins. The defense is for the, the Dolphins defense has been sort of meh, like middle of the road, um, inconsistent I would say across the board it's interesting that that's the case they have some they have some good players they have Christian Wilkins at defensive tackle uh they have uh, a couple Xavier Howard at cornerback Melvin Ingram at linebacker um Raekwon Davis at defensive tackle uh Emmanuel Ogba is a defensive end uh they have some they have some good names they have some good players Bradley Chubb's on this team as well now often forgotten about but that's still where he is um, it's wearing number two for, by the way, that's kind of weird. Um, and this, this seems like it should be a good defense, but they're, they're struggling in, in a lot of ways. Um, some of it may be that they've, they've given up a lot of garbage time yardage. And so some of that has to be taken into account, but they can be scored on their 19th in the league in, in points, points against, um, 256. Um, as far as that's concerned, they are 17th in the league in yards allowed with 3,777, um neither of those are, are great numbers they've um <clears throat> they've only forced um 11 turnovers so they have 23 that's 23rd in the league um including um five forced fumbles and uh six interceptions uh the forced fumbles is 16th in the league and the interceptions is sixth so they're they're or sorry the interceptions is 24th in the league my bad they had six of them good for 24th so they're 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 giving up you know, a lot of yards, they've given up a fair amount of points, you know, even when they've, if, if you look at some of their wins, even, so like week two, they gave up 38 points to the, to the, uh, to the Ravens, even though they won that game. Um, they, they, um, let's see, they gave up 40 to the Jets when they lost that game earlier in the year. Uh, they, they gave up 27 to the Lions, so even though they won that game, they gave up 32 to the Bears in spite of a win. Um, you know, their last couple of weeks have been, you know, they played decent two not so good teams you know they they've had a run over the last couple of weeks where it's been the Steelers the Lions the Bears the Browns and the Texans 
And of course, you can make the argument that <laughs> they beat the Bears and the Niners lost to them, but circumstances of that were not quite the same. I think if you put uh, the high-powered Miami offense in the downpour that was week one, eh, maybe it's not so much. Um, they've been very streaky as well. They won three in a row. They lost three. Um, then now they've won five in a row since uh, losing to the Dolph- or to the Vikings and falling to three and three um, back in, in mid-October. So who knows? Um, but their defense seems to be hanging in that in that space of where they're they're just not great in turnovers they're allowing a fair amount of points um per game um their their pass defense interestingly enough which is where you'd think they'd they'd be really effective given the the pass rushers that they have and given the quality of their defensive backfield uh in a lot of cases especially um davian howard is actually the 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 team the part of their of their team that struggles the most they're 22nd in yards allowed pass yards allowed and 17th in uh, net yards per attempt at 6.2%. Um, by comparison, they um, <clears throat> are first in the league in net yards per attempt from their passing offense with 7.7. So that just gives you a sense of like where they are in terms of their defense. The rush defense is not great. Um, either four and a half uh, a clip um, is, <clears throat> is a little deceiving. Um, well, actually, the overall numbers are a little deceiving. They only faced 270 rushes so far this year. Uh, for 1,205 yards, that's good for sixth and tenth in the league, respectively. But they're allowing a lot of yards per per attempt. 4.5 yards per carry uh, would uh, would be 17th in the league. And uh, if you gave up those kind of yards, um, <laughs> you're you're, you're going to find that uh, they're going to give up a, a fair amount of first downs. And so, um, and they've given up 70 on the on the on the year, which is f- uh, on the on the ground. Uh, which is you know not great. Um, so they they are um, a, a defense that can be gotten. So if you don't like those those raw numbers, let's let's take a look at it from from the from a DVOA perspective. Um, from as far as the Dolphins are concerned, um, I like to look at those numbers just because it gives us a sense of you know adjusted uh, numbers as, as opposed to just the raw numbers, which are useful but not necessarily altogether telling. Um, so as a point of reference, the Niners defense is, uh, fifth in DVOA, uh, negative 11.3, just behind Dallas, New England, Buffalo, and the Jets. Um, they are, uh, <clears throat> 10th against the pass and second against the run, um, which will be of intrigue coming up against the Dolphins. Now the Dolphins defense is right smack dab in the middle. They're at 17th in total DVOA at 2.9%. Remember, with defense, we want a negative number, so positive number, not so great. Um, against the pass, they're 13.1%, and against the run, interestingly enough, they're 12th. That's 20, the 25th in the league, sorry, uh, against the pass, and 12th against the run at a negative 12.8% DVOA. Uh, by comparison, the Niners, who again are uh, second in the league against the rush, are negative 24.2. So, all that to say, um, this feels in some ways a little bit like the the Cardinals matchup, where you know the Cardinals are also a team uh, that has has struggled against against the pass. Um, by comparison, Arizona's twentieth in the league in uh, or twenty third, sorry, in the league against pass uh, against the pass per DVOA at twelve point four percent. Miami just above them at 25th at 13.1%. But similar but not a little less similarly, the the Arizona also struggles against the run 
uh, whereas the Dolphins are a little bit better against the run. Uh, Arizona's 20th against the run, and uh, Miami's 12th against the run. So what that means is <clears throat> the the Dolphins are in pretty good shape to, I think, put the clamps to a certain extent on the Niners' offense in a similar way that teams have over the last couple of weeks, the way that the Cardinals did and the way the Saints did last week. They're going to pay a lot of attention to it, and they're really going to force the 49ers to, to try to throw the football. The problem is, similarly to <laughs> the, the Cardinals, they struggle, against, they struggle to, to stop the pass. Uh, they struggle especially against uh, tight ends. Uh, as you remember, George Kittle had an exceptionally good day, good day against the Cardinals a couple of weeks ago. Um, and this really feels like an opportunity for the Niners to, to take advantage of, of a, a position where, yeah, they might dare them. They might in- initially try to see if they can get the run going, but against this Miami front, it seems like it's going to be difficult. Um, and on top of that, it feels like the, the Niners are going to have an opportunity to throw. And so don't be at all surprised if we see a very similar game plan to what we saw in that game against, against the, uh, against the uh, the Cardinals. And as you remember, um, they threw the ball a lot. Um, they didn't have a lot of rushing attempts in the first half at all against the Cardinals. I think something like 12 or something. Uh, not very many running attempts in the first half against the Cardinals. They only they ended up at 28, and I think most of those were in the second half. But Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball 29 times, and I think he had uh, most of that was also <laughs> in the first half, uh, if you look at that. At the, at the the splits of that, so don't don't be terribly surprised if that's the game plan, and don't be terribly surprised if that works because the Dolphins are struggling to stop the pass. Um, now the problem with that, of course, uh, from a from a perspective of of the Forty ers is even though the Dolphins are struggling to stop the pass, they are so effective at passing the ball themselves, and we'll get in, more into this in a little bit that getting into a shootout with them may in fact play into their hands. Um, that even though they are they're struggling, giving up almost 24 points a game, uh, while averaging 25 and a half points per game, it, it, it's it's enough, right? Um, it's enough, um, and so it'll be interesting to see what um, how that works out. But I, I think if I had to sort of summarize my reason for optimism at this particular point, it would be that the Niners' passing game is probably good enough. It should be good enough with Brandon Ayuk, with Debo Samuel, provided that he plays, with uh, with Jawan Jennings, who, who had a great game last week, with George Kittle, with Christian McCaffrey out in space, all these passing weapons. And if Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo can continue to play like he has for the most part over the last five weeks, then I don't see any reason why they can't throw the ball on the Dolphins and then use the throw to set up the, the running game, which is really what they want to do, which is exactly what they did against uh, the Cardinals a couple of weeks ago. Um and so that would be my reason for optimism. On top of that, mentioned the sort of weakness of the um, of the offensive line for uh, for the the Dolphins might be missing two of their starting tackles. Um, on top of everything else, that frankly they're they're not they haven't really been um, super great uh, in the first place. Uh, their offensive line is let's see. Um, according to Football Outsiders, is uh, it, it's in the middle. Uh, they're 13th in the league um, in an overall ranking from a pass protection point of view, uh, with an adjusted sack rate of da, 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 6.2, which is just below league, league average, which is 7.1. Um, the Niners, by comparison, 
are ninth in uh, uh, pass pass um, protection per the same metric, and six percent um, uh, adjusted sack rate. So teams are right there. But if of course you <laughs> remove two of the starting players in that particular line, well, a Niners often a Niners defensive line that is getting healthy with Eric Armstead returning and Charles Amenhu ready to to bring it back up to full speed samson ebicom is back in in the mix and of course nick bosa who by the way won uh the november defensive player of the month for the nfc there's a lot of ways to look at this and go oh man this is going to be a, an opportunity that the niners are gonna have to take advantage of now the downside is one that we'll get into in just a second and that relates to their quarterback um but it is certainly something to pay attention to um from that perspective and so for those two reasons those are really strong reasons that, that would make me feel like really good about this. Um, and on top of that, you can just look at the 49ers defense and say, well, just strictly speaking from, from the 49ers defensive perspective, um, you know, they're first in points allowed. They're first in yards allowed. They're first in first downs allowed. They are um, first against the run. But the problem is that they're, even though they're playing pretty well against the pass, they're, seventh in the league in net yards allowed uh, uh net yards uh per attempt at 5.6 seventh in the league again just 11th in total yards against some of those are like garbage time things so you have to be really wary of those kinds of things and as i mentioned their dvoa is also good against the pass but then there's the whole fact of the dolphins and their offense and that is my reason for concern which we'll get into here in just a minute after we hear from our sponsors. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, so my reason for concern is just, frankly, the Dolphins' offense, which has been really good <laughs> so far this year uh they are sixth in points total points scored 282 as i mentioned uh that's good for 25 and a half roughly per game third in total yards 42 um 4254 yards on 680 plays at 6.3 yards per play uh they have 11 turnovers which is only uh only 11 turnovers i'd say which is only fourth in the league and only f- lost four fumbles um also good for seventh in the league uh, their best part of their offense is their passing game. Um, while they are only 10th in attempts, they're third in yards, fourth in touchdowns, and first, as I noted, in net yards per attempt. Interestingly enough, however, as I, as I said before, um, for a Mike McDaniel team, and this is part of the reason that they probably were so interested in bringing Jeff Wilson in, they've been very inconsistent from a running game. Some of that has been health. Some of it, it's just their offensive line is okay. Um, you know, those same numbers that we, that we looked at before when we look, when we talk about the, the pass protection, um, their offensive line has been okay. Again, sort of in the middle of the road, they're 12th and in adjusted line yards. Um, but their, their success, um, in their power success, uh, which is, which is related to, to the run blocking successes, 46, 46%, which is last in the league. Um, and um, they, they're they're just not creating a lot of open field yards is essentially what it what it amounts to. They're near the bottom in that in that number as well, just slightly above the league average. Uh, 49ers, on the other hand, are at way above the league average. Um, but so they're not running the ball particularly well, uh, <laughs> which is strange. Um, but frankly. The Niners would probably be effective in stopping them anyway. Mike McDaniel should be better than this. And I, I, this could be one of those things that's going to take time. Or maybe it's just his personnel suggests that he should throw the ball more frequently. Um, Tua Tagovailoa has been excellent this year. Um, nine starts. Uh, he's completed almost 70% of his passes for 2,564 yards, 19 touchdowns, and just three interceptions. Um, just he's at, he, he by himself is at 9.9 yards, uh, air yards per attempt. Uh, their other two quarterbacks who have, uh, combined for the other two starts of the season for them, Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson, there you go, aren't, have not been as effective <laughs> in their starts, um, and are dragging down, uh, to his average air yards. Uh, Teddy's at 7.5%. Skylar Thompson, 4.5% uh, average air yards. Um, and then they also have athletes in space, uh, including Tyreek Hill, who's already over uh, uh, 1,200 yards receiving on 87 catches, 14.2 yards per uh, reception, and four touchdowns. And then Jalen Waddell has 56 catches for 963 yards, which is 17.2% two yards per reception for six touchdowns. Um, Mention Mike Jacecki, who has 24 catches. Mm-hmm. 269 yards, but he has four touchdowns. Former 49er Trent Sherfield has 24 catches for 280 yards. And uh, former 49er River Craycraft, six for 68. Um, but it's been really those three, basically Jacecki, 
Waddle and Tyreek Hill that have been the main culprits. They have a couple of other guys here and there, um, including Raheem Mostert has 17 catches for 119 yards, and Chase Edmonds, who has 10 catches for 96 yards. And Jeff Wilson has even gotten into the game uh, 6 for 58 uh, since coming to the team a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's three games in uh, as in his Dolphins tenure, but just frankly, they're just, they're just leaning on the on the passing game. That's just it. Um, and um, the other thing that they do really well is they is that Tua gets the ball out of his hand very quickly. He's among the lead leaguers, lead leaguers, league leaders. Easy for me to say in um, in just getting the ball quick out quickly, and that has been something that has plagued. The Niners, because they rely so much on their pass rush, and if the pass rush can't get home because there's just frankly no time, you know, he's getting it out under under 2.4, 2.5 seconds. That's really fast. Um, and so it's going to be really imperative that the Niners figure out from a secondary point of view what to do uh, with really just Hill and Waddle. Um, they have other guys. I mean, Jacecki's a decent tight end, but I'm not worried about him too much with with uh, Fred Warner and Aziz Alshire and Jerry Greenlaw out there. It's really just a matter of what are they going to do to clamp down on Tyreek Hill and to clamp down on Jalen Waddell. And that is the major, major, major area of concern is that the Dolphins are going to be able to get out there and just pitch and catch it around and um, <laughs> do whatever they want, frankly. Um, and And if they are able to do that, then it doesn't matter if they can run the ball or not because they're not going to need to. Um, because they can just throw it around, and that's what they've done to teams this year. Um, offensive DVOA, uh, Miami's second in the NFL, 22.9. Uh, first in pass pass offensive DVOA, 48.9%, but they're 14th in runs, so, uh, you know, in rushing DVOA. So their their numbers, their the, the raw numbers are a little bit harsher than, than DVOA is for sure, but... Um, Frankly, they just don't. It doesn't matter to them like that, which is again very interesting with Mike McDaniel being the their head coach. But um, I think this will be an interesting game because this will come down. You know, talk about strength on strength. Um, if the Niners are able to figure out a way to um, to clamp down again on Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and make somebody else beat them, which is generally the way that they plan this, but then unfortunately, oftentimes they have. There's more, more than, there's only one guy they need to worry about. Like DeAndre Hopkins, you stop him and then make everybody else on that, on that Arizona offense beat you. No problem. You know, you stop Coop, you let Cooper cup get his and let everybody else on that Rams offense beat you. All right. Not a big deal. Um, they've done this a lot, but this is the first time they really, other than the chiefs who dismantled them, especially in the second half. Um, this is the first time that they've faced up against a team that, uh, that uh, that has multiple receiving options that they really have to pay attention to both of them, and if they leave one available, then it's going to be a problem. And you know they're both up over 14 yards per catch. That's not good. Um, and so it's going to be something that we're going to that they're going to have to pay attention to. I don't know what the plan is. Um, is Traverius Ward going to be on one or the other throughout the game? Um, there's got to be some some way to to keep both of them under wraps, and then again let somebody else beat you. If they let if Mike Jacecki goes off and that's the reason they win the game, well, what are you gonna do? You can't guard everybody, but um, you know, try to try not to let the big guys get you. But that is my that's my area of concern, without a doubt, is are they going to be able to 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 put the clamps enough on this team 
Um, because if they're not able to run the ball, which is, again, the thing that I was getting at earlier, if they're not able to run the ball very effectively, which they've been kind of eh, about the last couple of weeks, then that means they can't control the game, which means they can't keep the Dolphins' offense off the field, which means it's going to be a shootout, and the Niners are going to have to figure out a way to put up as many points as they give up. And so it's going to be up to their defense to clamp down, hold them hold them down, and then hope that the offense can do enough. And that's that's the big thing. Um, and if that doesn't happen, then my concern would be that, that it's going to turn into, this, into the Chiefs game again where it feels like it's close, it feels like it's close, it feels like it's close, and then all of a sudden it's not close anymore. And uh, that that would be a, a concern for sure. Um, I, I don't know. I, the, I'm not sure how this matchup works out. Um, Niners are favored by three and a half, three, three and a half, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, and I don't know. I do not know. I Akshaz and I talked about this when we did the the bye week thing, uh, and we were, and we talked about you know what do we think between these games, and we thought we were going to win the Saints game for sure. And I was kind of back and forth on these next two games. <clears throat> I would not be surprised to see them split between the Bucks and the uh, Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are a worse a worse matchup. Um, because I'm not really that concerned about the Buccaneers' offense at this particular juncture, and I think the Niners' defense can hold them in check well enough, and they're going to have an easier time holding the Buccaneers' offense in check versus the the Dolphins' offense. But could I also see them winning both games? Absolutely. Are they good enough to? Sure. Um, could I also see them losing both games? Absolutely. Um, but I, I I feel like there's a good chance that they 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 split it. I feel like this game is going to be close. I feel like it's going to be high scoring. I think the Niners are going to give up more points than they've given up outside of the Chiefs game more than likely um, at any point this season. So which means we're talking about, uh, what, 28 points is yeah is the high outside of that. They could be right in that range. Um, and if they're going to win, I, I think it's going to be really close. Um, so I'm going to hedge my bets a little bit on this. So I'm going to say if they win, they're going to win on in somewhere in the neighborhood of like a like a 30 to 28 kind of thing last minute field goal uh or maybe a last minute touchdown whatever uh it'll be close like that and um unfortunately if they lose i feel i could see them losing by double digits and that where it's just like the the offense can't get going and it can't find its groove and the dolphins just keep stepping on on the gas and they keep stepping on the gra- on the gas and maybe just like with against the chiefs the Niners hold them and hold them and hold them, and then they just can't hold them anymore, and then the, the dam breaks. And <laughs> so um, I'm not going to make an, a prediction beyond that than just to say that's those are the two ways I could see this going, um, is that either it's it's close all the way, and I think that works out in the Niners' favor because I think they have a, they have a better chance of like ball control, um, playing the ball control football than the, than the Dolphins do, given their propensity for throwing the ball and, and that sort of thing. Um, but if it doesn't work out that way, if the Niners can't f- quite quite get there, I could see it maybe not being quite the blowout that the Chiefs game was, but it will be a game where you'll look at the final score and you'll go, oh, it actually looked a lot closer than that while we're watching the game, but ugh. Um, so anyway, um, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, thanks again, folks, for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise podcast. Uh, part of the fan-sided podcast network uh, on behalf of myself and Akshaz, who uh, will hopefully be back next week to talk about a win, cross, crossing your fingers. Um, please uh, continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. Be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. 
So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.